fog of borders Good and evil is torn between this All that I can be is this All that you will see is this Cause I'm a natural born born Good and evil is torn between this All that I can be is this All that you will see is this Episode number five. Can't actually believe that I'm actually made it to my fifth one without actually quitting this. Uh, because, you know, sometimes you uh, do something you like and you don't want to fucking do it no more. Uh, but I actually enjoy my podcast. I enjoy people listening to it. I actually enjoy the message that I get for the people that actually want to listen. Uh, this is on the road with Tim Rockwell chilling with the villain. I have a special guest this time. And we're literally, we're on the fucking road right now, leaving Wichita, Kansas. Actually, we're, we just left the ER room. Uh, I uh, got a separated AC joint in my shoulder. Thank you, Michael Barry. I mean, Flex, or whatever the fuck your name is. Um, freak accidents happen in pro wrestling. Do we? We did shows here. Uh, freak accidents happen... In pro wrestling and you get injured you get over it you fight back you become better and you make yourself better but my guest at this time man is probably one of the guys with one of the best gimmicks in pro wrestling a guy that actually i'm bringing him on to talk gimmicks with you because that's one thing i don't really get to talk to with my guest is about gimmicks my guest is actually wesley crane and I know, I know y'all's thinking, finally, finally someone fucking brings Wesley Crane onto a podcast. Wes, Wes, Wes. Yes, sir. We're talking about a kid that went from Luke Grayson to Wesley Crane. That is night and day. Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to talk, man, really, I want to talk gimmicks. Okay. You know, like, where did you come up with this whole Wesley Crane thing. I mean, and let's talk. I'm, I'm talking, we're talking from Luke Grayson. Right. How did you go from Luke Grayson to Wesley Crane? And I'm, I'm even going to light this blunt up and we're going to smoke. So. <laughs> go for it, man. Um, so the transition uh, from Luke Grayson to Wesley Crane happened. Um, I, I was you know, trying iteration after iteration of Luke Grayson couldn't get anything to fucking stick. The crowd didn't give a fuck. Um, finally, uh, I, I said, you know, fuck it. And it was just me. I was coming out to some Asking Alexandria song. I was like, yeah, come on, cheer me. I'm a baby face. Um, it was just whatever. And they liked that a little bit better because it was just me. But it wasn't, like, turned up. Uh, so they didn't really go for it. You was at about a three. Right, right, right. Um... Then, let's see, I don't remember, like, what, I want to say it was October of 2016, I'm wrestling Mid-South, and I'm wrestling Xavier. Um, first 30 seconds of the match, we run a spot, uh, I go for the uh, flipping senton off of the apron, I'd done it probably a thousand times at this point, and it was a move I was very comfortable with. Xavier didn't catch me. Like, like, you know, like you said, freak accidents happen. He didn't catch me. Um, and bumped a little late, bumped right down on my leg, and I heard it, and I felt it snap. And I was like, oh, shit. And I remember leaning over and be like, dude, I just broke my leg. And he goes, oh, uh, and he panicked. He starts hitting me, and I was like, dude, get in the fucking ring. I just broke my leg. Tell the ref to count me out. Yeah. And he, you know, he rolls in. He tells the ref that uh, I broke my leg. And rather than the ref, okay, cool, and counting me out, they panicked and just called the match right there. Wow. Um, which pissed me off. Yeah, that pissed me off, too. Uh, and I remember, like, man, there was a team of eight fucking guys carrying me to the back. And I remember being so irate. I'm cussing every single one of them out. I'm like, fuck you guys. I fucking hate you. Da, da, da. Like, because at that point, like, I don't know. I, I was in a really bad place then. Uh, but while the healing process uh, was going, I remember being so consumed in my own thoughts of like, I don't want to come back and, and be the same fucking.
Yeah. yeah. So, would you say Xavier killed Luke Grayson? No, because... Because you came back as Luke Grayson still, right? No, I did not. What I would say is Xavier gave Luke Grayson the push in front of Wesley Crane. Gotcha. Wesley Crane fucking killed Luke Grayson. He ate that motherfucker. Yes, he fucking did. Um... I remember being in a fucking boot. Oh, God. And it's funny that you say that, because I was in a boot when I broke my foot with Nasty, Ugh. and it was a move that I did a thousand a fucking, fucking times. Like, shit just happens uh, sometimes. I remember being in a boot, hating the way that I looked physically. Physically, yeah. Um, I've been there. I was, I was small, I was scrawny. I, I started developing the dad bod because uh, we had just had our daughter. Um, and Skylar Faden and Dmitry Alexandrov, you know, they, they went to the gym all the fucking time. And I was like, hey, let me tag along with you guys. And they were like, oh, okay. And I remember doing deadlifts, like 300 pound deadlifts with a boot on because I was so fucking driven yeah. to, to get my body to the point where I was happy. Um, leading up, Doc says it's going to take, you know, six months, six to nine months to uh, to recover and to heal properly. Little so, do you know, Wesley, Wesley Crane came back in two weeks. Four, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> four fucking months. <laughs> I, I did it in ha- like damn near half the time that they said. Um, he did some stem cell research. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like, man, I did it in four months. Uh, little... Like, not very many people know this, but I was actually working with WFC with a broken leg. I was hopping around on one fucking foot as Jackal with Matt Dutton. Yeah, you was. You was. I remember you did, You were doing Jackal. I, damn, I forgot all about Jackal. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And actually, Jackal was kind of Wesley. Wesley Green, in a way. Absolutely. When you think about it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it, holy shit. (laughs) I forgot all about Jackal. Yeah, uh, man. Because that was a sideshow version one. Yeah, yeah. And we're at version four now. God. Which, it's working now. Yeah, It's working now, so. I think Matt has found the groove that he needs um, in order to to take sideshow where it needs to go. Yeah, well, see, what Matt had to understand was... Mr. Durden isn't a pro wrestler, but he's in the pro wrestling business. Exactly. And that's what Durden had to get because Durden wanted to do moves and stuff, but you have to realize your character doesn't do moves. Right. Your character isn't about that. No. Same thing I would tell Draven and Samedi. And Samedi, you know, he's been doing moves here lately, and I'm okay with it because, like, he's, he's trying to... He's trying to pull himself out. He's, I mean, yeah. he's hitting drop kicks now, and, and he doesn't need to. No, he doesn't. But he is. Right. So, um, so that, that, that's that, that's cool. Come full circle there. Absolutely. And, and, and Durden's gimmick's really good. It's mm-hmm. really good. Uh, originally, when we started his gimmick, he was silent. I took it off of America's Got Talent. There was this comedian. Tape face. Yes, tape face. Ah. And I was like, dude, I want you to put tape over your face. And I don't want you to speak, but I want to have someone that speaks for you. Oh, as yes. in, you point, they do what you tell you to do, you know? Right. And so, so like, that was my thing. But he ended up stopping doing that uh, because of the beard, ripping the hair. Now, does he still wear the fucking tape out? No, no, no. He does his makeup different where it kind of looks like he wears tape, but he doesn't. He does his okay. makeup. Yeah, he don't, he don't so wear So he abandoned that completely. Then. Yeah, yeah, because I think it was ripping his beard off when he would take the tape off. I don't fucking blame him because every time I paint my face, there's paint in my, uh, like when I have my beard a little longer, there's paint in my beard and trying to wash that shit out is horrible. So I can only imagine what fucking tape did. Yeah. So my question would be, how important... And this is your opinion, because I can tell you my opinion, and my opinion is going to be pretty much the same. How important is a gimmick in pro wrestling? How important is your character to be at? Because how many how many characters can you have called? And for example, I'm not shooting on no one. Dusty Gold, right? Tommy Dean, mm-hmm. Reed. You know how many names can you have? And I get it. Okay, Wesley Crane. 
but Wesley Crane has a gimmick. Right. He's not just Wesley Crane. Then you would ask yourself, what is a Tommy Dean? I can yeah. tell you what a Tommy Dean is. He's one of the uh, biggest, hardest pro wrestlers out there that gives it his all every time. And and I promise you, I promise you, it isn't going to be a light match. He's no, yeah. going to make it hurt. He's going to put it in there, and he's going to give it his all. He may kick out at every fucking move you have. Bro, but he's, he's fucking, he's WFC's Mikey Whipwreck. I agree. I agree. For, for those of you that don't know who Mikey Whipwreck is, like... Google. Go fucking Google that, man. And that is, that is the underdog story. Like, Wait, I mean, and, and you, you could always go with Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Rey Mysterio was the underdog story. So, well, I'm basically saying, like, how important is gimmick? How important is it to have a gimmick? Like, all right, for example, would you rather, if you was a booker, would you rather book someone that could wrestle really good, but, but didn't have a lick of fucking charisma or a gimmick? Or would you rather book this guy that, you know what, he's not the best wrestler, but his gimmick makes up for it. I know we all want that guy that can do both, like Wesley Crane. Absolutely. Tim Rockwell, you know. But, so, well, what's your opinion on that? Um, you know, honestly, I would I would rather book the guy that has the stronger gimmick because as long as you're like, man, I love your shtick, um, this is pretty much what I'm looking for in this segment. As long as they fucking listen, bam. Like, that's all you fucking need. Um, because... Anybody can go out there and just do a, a, a ton of moves without any charisma, but is it going to is it going to elicit a response from the crowd the way that um, you know using me as an example the way that they would respond to me beating the shit out of Fuego or whoever the fuck with a mallet that has screws sticking out yeah. like that's that's some shit you don't see when somebody comes to a wrestling show. They want to see things that they can't get anywhere else. Like, which, which, okay, so here's something though. JD, he's the everyday man. He has taken the thing that, you know, I, he completely contradicted what I just said. Um, because you can And turned it into a gimmick, basically. Right, right, right. He has turned that into a gimmick. Because he's turned his real life self into a gimmick, just like one man, Dusty Rhodes. He kind of basically took Dusty Rhodes' gimmick. Yeah. Common man. An everyday man, you know, so... And, and it turned it into his own without biting Dusty. Exactly. So, and I, I can... I mean, that, that's just fucking cool that JD would even do stuff like that. And yeah, I'm sure that character one day will get dull. He'll want to change it up. And he'll create this whole new fucking gimmick that's insane. Because not many people know this, but JD originally pitched me an athletic gimmick where he was a former football player and he wanted like mascots which would have been perfect if coach Doggins was around at the time yeah you know absolutely so so which is I find that funny you know and, and then we, we get into this and then so but I think a character is a lot a lot you know because when yeah. I first started I was just the rookie Timmy J right oh god boring Timmy as fuck Timmy J. yeah boring as fuck all I was was the rookie I was over because I was the rookie the underdog Okay, then I adapted to the Texas gimmick, which was fucking over everywhere I went. Then I wanted to step out the cheap heat and create this new gimmick, which was basically the natural born villain. So it was like late 2011, I created that. Yeah. And then uh, Marty Scrawl came around, I say 2013, I think. And I wasn't going to stop fucking doing it because I was doing it first, goddammit. Yeah. But me and him don't do the same fucking gimmick. No, it may no, be villain in the name, uh, but we're completely fucking different. That's because, like, you you go out there with, you know, the villain goes out there with the intention of hurting people. Yeah. Marty Skrull is very, very uh, comic book villain. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like, I mean, think about it. What does what the, the classic villain do right before he ex tries to execute his, you know, plan of action? He fucking yells what he's gonna do. Yeah. Marty Scroll yells, you know, chicken wing right before he hooks it in. Yeah. yeah. He's literally like a classic comic book villain. Yeah, um, yeah I, I dig it because it's kind of like, because uh, he, he uses 
uh, Rockwell Mass has to move. I seen all the stuff that he made for him. So, oh, so insane. yeah. So I mean, <laughs> so to me, like gimmicks very important, especially at WFC because yeah. kids love gimmicks. So, so I, I kind of wanted to get your take on gimmick and how how you would how you go with uh, gimmick development. The way I went about it was. Uh, like, it, it was scary. Like, it really did, it scared me. Because, so to, to kind of shine a light on this, um, in high school, I got addicted to cocaine and Oxycontin. Yeah. Um, I needed cocaine to stay awake because, you know, whatever the fuck. And if I needed sleep, I'd take an Oxycontin, whether or not I had just taken a bump or not. Um, fast forward, uh, 2014, I'm still addicted to those, uh, drugs, and Spider, of all people, um, I know he gets a fucking bad rap a lot, but, uh, you know, one positive fucking thing I can say about him is that he introduced me to my wife. He told me that I should show up to a Steel Rage Pro Wrestling training that, uh, Ray was hosting, and, uh, that I should just come train for a little bit, I was like, alright, cool, yeah, sure, why not, I show up to training, I meet my wife, Susie, uh, took a couple weeks for us to, like, actually become a couple, but, you know, we've, she's been here ever since, she supports me all the way, when I because she's fucking afraid you're just gonna fucking eat her, dude, (laughs) when I developed Wesley Crane, First off, the name Luke Grayson, like, I've always liked the name Luke for some fucking reason. Um, Grayson came from Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Yeah. Um, so when I developed Wesley Crane, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to go by my first name. Which is best because that's why I go by my first name. Yeah. Like, somebody calls Tim, it's the same fucking name. Like, you use that every day. Like, all right, cool. People yeah. still call me Wes. Like, it's totally acceptable with that. Yeah, it's like... I call Alex Royal, Alex Royal. Yeah. So I never, ever, ever, ever call him Josh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. It's like, I'll be in conversations with people. Not necessarily fans, but, like, other workers that don't know his shoot name. And uh, and when I say, like, oh, yeah, da, 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 Josh this, da, da, da. Like, they have no fucking idea who I'm talking about. Who the fuck and is they, Josh? Yeah, and they'll ask me, like, I got that. I got all of that. I was listening. Who the fuck is Josh? And then I was like, fuck, Alex Royal. Okay. And it's the same thing why I call it JD, JD. I don't call him Jeremy. Right. I even fucking call him JD. So. Like, but when I came up with my name, uh, I really like, I'm a huge Batman fan, right? And I, I know you. All right, we had a little problem just now. Anyways, you were talking about your character. Right. The inspiration um, and all that. So when I, you know, when I was thinking back to like the, the name, I was like, I, I definitely want to go. Uh, with my first name, but I, I I don't want to go with my middle name or my uh, last name because a they're either fucking hard to say or b it's just boring as shit. And I feel like it needs to have a certain pop to it. Yeah. Uh, so I started thinking back to like the, the DC universe. I'm a huge Batman fan. I know you're a huge Joker fan. Huge Joker uh, fan. Not necessarily which, Batman, but Joker. Which now in, in my gimmicks now I I utilize the Joker smile. Yeah. On my skull mask, so. Like, fuck, man. Like, but I wanted to, but, but see, the reason why I did this, because I'm such a huge fan, I didn't want to do a clown gimmick, obviously. Right. Um, honestly, I, I really wanted to and when I was first broke into the business, and I didn't know how I could do it, and then Malico pulled it off, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so I'm a huge Joker fan, and it was my way to ins- to bring Joker alive in me, because my character... 100% my character okay if Negan from The Walking Dead and the Joker had a child it'd be my character because that's what I portray him off of yeah so wow yeah so anyways huge Batman fan right huge Batman fan um, I started thinking back to like who's my favorite villain it used to be Joker like as like growing up as a kid it was Joker uh, but like as soon as I saw fucking Scarecrow like, that's when shit lit up for me, because the dude's creepy as fuck, um, you know, very Halloween-esque, 
Yeah, Scarecrow's the shit. Um, so I took his last name as mine. Um, and he is Dr. Jonathan Crane. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I adapted that into Wesley Crane. And everybody that I was around when I came up with it, like, they all were like, yes, that's it. That's your fucking name. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, and so that's, that's where that, as far as like the actual character, the persona of the character, that's where things got a little scary because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I was addicted to, uh, I was addicted to a few drugs and during that time, like, members of my family, other friends, uh, they, they'd always be like, man, if you're ever, like, down or anything, keep a journal, write your stuff down, write what you're thinking down, all that other stuff, and so, I was talking to Skylar Faden, and he said that I should incorporate some of my natural, like, tendencies from being on drugs, um, into the character, he was like, obviously don't go method acting, but, you know, think back to that, think back to how you were feeling, you know, what you were going through, so on and so forth, and so, I took him literally, and went and dug up that fucking journal that I kept through that time, and I saw things like, I wonder what a person tastes like, Yeah. and like, you know, just all these fucking crazy things that ran through my head, and I was like, oh shit, like this is the character, um, everything that was in my head, just bring that out, that's the character, so sex driven, uh, cannibal, like, get, getting off by wearing his victim's flesh, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, bringing that to life was uh, scary going back and looking at all that, because it, it made me want it again, and that just didn't need to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so once I had the character figured out, as far as, like, the, the, the action, the persona of the character, the character's name, I then needed to figure out, well, what does he look like? Um, how does he, how does he move? And I, I took elements from when I played Jackal, um, and mixed them with almost a, uh, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, and uh, and Freddy Krueger all mixed together. Freddy, yeah. you know, had that goofy fucking, you know, coming at you. Michael and Jason were a little bit more stoic. So when something happens and I need to be a little bit more stoic, that, you know, I tap right there. Yeah. And so creating the gimmick was a very lengthy process. It was a very interesting process and scary process. I took that, what Skylar said, I took that literally. So when it comes to other people creating gimmicks, um, the process is different for everyone. But I always think that there should definitely be elements of you in there. Don't like, don't be the guy that works at fucking you know Walmart, plays video games all damn day, and try to become like something insane. You know what I mean, like. I could 100% tell you that Tim Rockwell isn't Tim Johnson. No, 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 you're you know what I mean? one fucking 80. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it's all about uh, what Steve Austin said. You take you and you turn it up to about 10. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. It's like I take me and I do the complete opposite of what I am. Yeah. So that's pretty much how I. I was like, Steve Austin, uh, no, no, Triple H. Um, as he was the, uh, as he was Paul, or Hunter Hearst when he first got that gimmick, um, like, all he would think was like, well, fuck, if I did that, like, I would hate that guy. Yeah. Like, in your terms, like, you, you almost have to think like that. It's like, you're the nicest fucking dude, but when you're a gimmick, it's like, what can I do to piss them off? Like, what would piss me off? Um, And that's the thing, is because... I could literally go out to the crowd, high five everybody, talk to them, thank them for being here. But the moment, like the moment my music plays, it's they're booing me. The same people are booing me. Yeah. But I can also get them to cheer for me, and get them right in the palm of my hands, and then get them to boo for me. But it's the easy things. Those are the easy things. And, and not for me. Fuck. <laughs> see, but 
promos are natural to me. Yeah. Like wrestling's more natural to you. In in a way, you know, like you could go out there with Fuego and probably just put on a show of your life with with I'm not gonna say calling it all in the ring, but almost calling it all in the ring because you guys are that fucking gifted. Right. Uh, I'm not gifted like that. I'm gifted with promo skills, telling a story. But I'm right. not going to go out there and hit a shooting star press. Uh, I'm not going to uh, do a reverse Rana on the apron uh, or a poison Rana. Uh, like shit I did tonight. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not going to do all that. So, but I love watching it because I'm a fan of pro wrestling. Right. So, uh, so, and, and, and that's where gimmick comes into play. The gimmick takes over. And, For sure. And my character isn't a high flyer. He's a fucking a dickhead heel yeah. who is just looking for the easy way out constantly but also wants to stay on top so right you're very uh, like crime boss style basically yeah. yeah I have other people do my dirty work for me while I pick up the scraps exactly um so there that, that, that that's how Wesley Crane was born you yeah. got your thoughts on gimmicks how everybody really should have a gimmick because not many times are you going to have a JD Right. And Tommy Dean isn't JD. Dusty Gold isn't JD. No. Uh, because, like, and then you got the guys that they have gimmicks, but I don't get it. Right. You know, so, and, and now, you know, I'm not shitting on nobody. I'm, I, don't, I don't do this podcast to shit on nobody or anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing it to people to listen, because maybe they'll listen to me. Maybe they won't. I don't fucking care. I mean, it's their opinion, you know. But but in my company, they're going to listen to me. Right. So. Uh, so okay. So we, we, we move past gimmicks. And if you didn't know, this is actually the son of Rick Rick Viper. And if you don't know Rick Viper, he did all the ring announcing through OPW. OPW is what I've been talking about on the podcast the last couple of times. Well, his dad was the ring announcer, so it's kind of crazy how it's full circle full circle here um do you get into any sports or is it just strictly wrestling and editing and stuff like that so um my junior and senior year of high school uh i was heavily into uh parkour and free running um i met up with people in like oklahoma city and um you know edmund and stuff like that there were different parkour groups and we would go and we would um, you know, spend three, four hours just doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, seven years, uh, uh, let's see, when I met Susie, when I met Susie, I moved in with her, I stopped training, but I had trained for seven years in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai. Um, and I competed in Naga twice. And that's something, like, people just don't fucking know. Naga, is that like Japan or something? No, Naga is uh, <laughs> North American Grappling Association. They hold uh, like tournaments and stuff all over the United States. Um, I went to their Oklahoma and Texas one. But, like, nobody knows that. I, you know, I tried basketball. I'm not fucking good at anything. Uh, anything that involves, you know, hitting or throwing or catching a ball, like, I'm, I'm fucking terrible at it. Basically, Wesley Crane doesn't like balls. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll eat the entire body but your balls, right. okay? <laughs> Those I throw on the back of my truck. So. <laughs> but, um, so, like, as far as sports went, I don't really get into a whole lot of sports now. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't watch any sports or any of that? or No, I'm not. I'm not a big sports guy. Um, See, I love football, man. I fucking love football and baseball. Just So get this, right? I'm like in the ring, I portray like a crazy son of a bitch. But when you grow up and you legitimately watch your neighbors fight each other over a fucking football yeah, game. God, yeah. That's fucking crazy. Those neighbors, that yeah. was my family. Jesus. <laughs> I like, I, I would spend Thanksgiving with uh, one of my friends one year growing up and they were, uh, they were big fucking Rams fans. And I don't remember what game it was. I just remember them coming unfucking glued over an interception. And I'm talking, it looked like chimpanzees in a 
zoo and they just lit off firecrackers. Like, <laughs> been there, done that, <laughs> seen it. Happens to me. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's happened to me for the past 25 motherfucking years. <laughs> and like, at that moment, I was like, I don't know what the fuck football is about, but I don't want to fucking know. Like, I, I just, that turned me off from it, I think. Um, because it sent me into kind of a panic. Like, I didn't know if they were, like, about to try to fight me or, like, what. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fast forward into high school, I'm in the marching band, and we had to play for the football. Every football game, we, were, we did halftime, and then we, you know, played the stand to it and stuff like that. I enjoyed watching my friends play football. Sure. Because I wanted to see who was going to hit the other hardest. Like, they always had a game going on. So... That was always fun, but yeah, I, ne- I never really got into sports, um, and, and I can thank my friend's family for that one. <laughs> so Wesley Crane fucking hates sports, people. So. I, don't, I don't hate him fucking do him. Go for it. Yeah. Jeez, I can't sit down and watch him. He ain't gonna watch no fucking sports game, people. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanna I wanna go over this little conversation we had earlier because I want people to understand what we fucking went through since leaving Kansas. Earlier, me and Wes was in the locker room and we had this conversation. And I said, hey Wes, are you just gonna go home with the paint on you? And you were like, yeah, most likely. And then I brought up, then I said, have you ever been pulled over with the paint on? And you're like, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. It's basically, you have two stories, you have two different people. Yeah. You can explain it to them or they're gonna get it or they're not. And lo and behold, we're fucking headed home after we leave the ER because my goddamn shoulder hurts. <laughs> and we get fucking pulled over. Yeah. Like, the dude was really cool. Um, Real but, cool. Like, first thing he says is like, hey, how you doing? What is all the red stuff? Yeah. Like, are you okay? Yeah. And then, I, you know, I had to explain, you know, yeah, I'm a professional wrestler and I play you know, a, a serial killer as, as my character. And, and he was like, oh, dude, that's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the He's like, were, well, is that blood? Yeah, like, he, he asked, like, so is that real blood? And like, nah, nah. Like, yeah, I just got done feasting on this fucking <laughs> right. Um, That's fucked up, though, man, that I jinx people like jinx. that. Because I jinxed John Cross once. Not yeah. many people know the story. So... Uh, Jake O'Brien was booking SRPW at the time, and he brought me, Fury, and Cross in as the villains. Natural born villains. It was the first time we ever got to do it. Last time we ever got to do it. And for some fucking reason, just like earlier, I asked the dumbest goddamn question. I said, John, have you ever been hurt in a match? Uh, And he was like, "Uh, no, I mean, nothing nothing that I could think of. So, John gets clothesline over the top rope. Instead of, you know, he doesn't, like, go backwards. He decides to, like, turn and flip out. And he fucking busts his knee knee on the goddamn fucking uh, side of the ring. And it looked like he had a second fucking kneecap, dude. (laughs) And he comes to the back. He said, you fucking jinxed me, Rockwell. So, man, I'm a fucking jinxer, dude. Fucking jinxing everything. I've got to stop that shit. Yeah, you fucking do, uh-uh. Motherfucker. Oh. Oh, man. So, okay, hey, uh, there's something that I always do on my podcast. Okay. And it's called Put Someone Over. And that Put Someone Over could be anywhere, because you wrestle in Texas. Right. You wrestle in Kansas now. You wrestle in Oklahoma. And you wrestle with sur- other surrounding areas. Uh-huh. So, I want you to put someone over that... That is... Uh, Un- underrated. underrated, underrated, very underrated, or guys that that are just not being seen. Um, so I'm actually gonna put over two people. One of them, like, dude's been doing it for you know, fuck, a long time, um, and I feel like he's just now getting like his comeuppance. Like he's just now being, you know, kind of seen. But I still feel like he's very underrated for how fucking good he is. Um, and that's Larry D. If you don't know who Larry D is, you know, go uh, search him on YouTube, Facebook. Dude is awesome. Um, I met him when I went with Andy Dalton to the Wrestling Revolver in Iowa. Uh, he was 
one of the first ones um, I met. And since then, he and I, like, you know, we've hit it off. We're like, I wouldn't say we're friends. Um, I don't have a whole lot of friends, but... Well, goddamn, you eat people. What the fuck? <laughs> You're not going to have friends, Wes. <laughs> but we're definitely in great standings with each other and, and there to help each other out when need be. So Larry D is definitely my first one. As far as uh, somebody that maybe hasn't been doing it for, for very long, but or, or maybe is just now hitting a stride of some sort, um, whether that's in personal development, character development, so on and so forth. Um, and I would say that that is uh, Chris Morrison, Brawler Morrison. Brawler Morrison. Fuck. Dude's been the motherfucker that bled all over my motherfucking <laughs> ring. Of course you would like him, because what happened to my ring before uh, before that? Hot sauce. Hot sauce. <laughs> oh, and I, you know what? I got a, I got a fucking break kayfabe story for you here in a second okay. about the hot sauce. Um, but... Brawler Morrison because I feel like he's been working wrestling for so long and he's always had a, a, a stigma about him that he just eh, he's not that great or you know he's stiff or you know something like that like there's always something about him somebody's always putting him down like and, and I feel like he's just now getting it with this brawler character he's figured out what he's good at and what he can stick with and he's being innovative and, uh, and I know that you share a little bit of the same respect because you and I watched uh, a Morrison match not that long ago. Um, and and he, he comes off with that rebound clothesline out of the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking he, killer, dude. Yeah. It was, uh, he was tagging with Colt Kilbane. That's right. And that's the night I decided, like, goddamn, I need to see Colt Kilbane and Morrison as a fucking tag team because... They just, they, they didn't mean to match, but they did. Right, yeah. And they just, they were crisp together. So, it was but yeah, it was that, that was the night I, I remember, I, I remember seeing the rebound clothesline. Yeah, and I remember you leaning over to me and being like, dude, that was fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, his cannonball on the ropes, uh, another one that I really, really enjoy from him because you, you always see people hitting the cannonball in the corner. Yeah. Um, so doing it on the ropes, A, adds that element of like, Lash to it, but I think it's it's a very innovative, smart way to go about it. Yeah. So yeah. Larry D and Brawler Morrison are my two picks for put someone over. Um, well, I ain't fucking putting no one over because I got a fucked up shoulder, so <laughs> I'm pissed off. I'm bitter. Fucking, I got my vet card today, though. By the way, yeah. Uh, JJ hit me with my vet card, so I'm pulling my vet card out on this one, and I ain't oh, putting shit. nobody over. <laughs> but. I love stories, and I want to hear this kayfabe, this non-kayfabe story. Okay, so the hot sauce, right? Uh, Malico sends me a video of him making it. Like, he, he's, he's sitting there, and he's making it. He's, like, almost ready, and he's, he's shaking it into the fucking bottle. Um, at the show, I hear people, you know, screaming. Like, they know that pain. Hot yeah. sauce in the eye sucks. Anything hot in the eye sucks. Um, I hear people screaming and, and saying that they can smell it. And, you know, I even had somebody come up to me yesterday saying that that was one of their favorite spots in the match because it was so relatable. Um, and they can smell the hot sauce so they knew it wasn't fake. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the show, there were handprints on your canvas. Yeah, and you were like, "What the fuck is that?" I think that's Wesley Crane's. You know, I body. said, "Hey, no, I said that in the middle of my match with really? fuel, oh. with fuel, dude. <laughs> like, I got in there and I was working fuel, and I talked to the ref. I said, what the fuck is this? What is this all over my goddamn canvas, <laughs> Wesley Crane?' I looked at the entrance. I said, "Wesley Crane." <laughs> uh, you thought it was my body pain. Uh, um, no, and then I remember it was the fucking the hot sauce. Hot sauce after the show. Um, I even say, you know, I think that's the hot sauce. And you're, you fucking bend down and smell the handprint. Yeah, and, and I was like, that it was hot it was sauce. Fucking hot sauce. I was like, and this uh, thing has made me fucking laugh ever since you did it because no hot sauce was in that fucking bottle whatsoever. Uh, 
it was water, flour, and, and food color. Food color. And yeah. every fucking person said yeah. that they could smell it. Uh, um, I could tell the food coloring because of the way it's uh, changed. The colors changing on the canvas. Yeah. That's how I know it's food coloring in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I smartened myself up on that one. <laughs> uh, Man, that makes me laugh. But I knew it wasn't paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't wear any uh, white at all. Uh, no, it was it was pink. Okay. Like a pinkish color. Okay, so so that's why I thought it was the red. Yeah, but it, uh, but I, I I know paint 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 chips. Yes. Food coloring doesn't it dies. So all it did was dye my canvas. So I can't clean it. Basically, I'm gonna try to steam clean it. If not, I'll be sending Malico <laughs> a little bill. Um, now I'll send that to Alex Royal. It's his fucking show. Right. Uh, Funny thing about it. Alex sponsored WFC one day and bought that canvas. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so he fucked up his own investment. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that, that's kind of cool, man. That's always good to have a good kayfabe story, right? Um, I, I feel like when you can when you can convince someone that that shit is legitimately happening in front of them, yeah. And while it's it's not even, like we we had you over here while we were over there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that was cool. Like hearing everybody say that they could smell it, even though there was no fucking smell to it. Yeah. Uh. That's amazing and beautiful. Like I feel like that is that is what makes pro wrestling um fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It is a different type of art. Yeah. No. It is. It is. And it, and it is an art form. Not everybody can do it, so stop fucking doing it. <laughs> um, it takes a certain person to be able to do it and to make it believable. Right. Because 90% of the people that walk into a building know pro wrestling is fake. Yeah. Your job is for them to leave and just maybe, just fucking maybe for a small amount, are they going to say, was that fucking real? Yeah. Because that's our job. We have to make it believable. We are entertainers. Yeah. We're professional wrestlers. We're actors. We do that. That's what we're supposed to fucking do. Yeah. And if it means we have to be a little stiffer or we have to learn to work a little better, then that's what we have to do because we want to become better. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, like, there are people all the fucking time and, and, and they're like uh, so you know, how, it's how much fucking windy out there dude right and I'm fucking uh, but like you know they're always like how much of it is is, uh, is fake how much of it how much of it doesn't really hurt um, so on and so forth and I give them the same thing every time the words might be scripted but everything we do in there is real you don't fake falling straight to your fucking back. Mm -hmm. You don't fake taking a sunset flip powerbomb into a tower of eight chairs. You don't fake landing on your shoulder and going to the fucking ER. I mean, goddamn pain. If wrestling was fake, this shoulder injury would be fucking fake, people. And that's what I want you to understand. Your definition of fake is fucking stupid. It is the worst word to describe it. Because anything. fake... Fake means not real. Right, right. Okay? Wrestling's real. Yeah, absolutely. It's predetermined. It's scripted. Right. But sometimes we go off script. Absolutely. And for the most part, I don't take a script. I just go out there and I do my, I wing it. I do my thing. Yeah. Can't wing it right now because I'm down a wing. So, um, wrestling's more real than the Avengers Endgame. Oh, absolutely. Wrestling's yeah. more real than Batman. Yes. Wrestling's more real than your favorite movie you're watching right now. Wrestling's more real than someone dying in an explosion on a movie. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. We're our own stunt doubles. Yes. We don't got actors to come in. We don't get to go to acting classes. Like all this stuff comes to us because of our passion and our love for professional wrestling. Yeah. And I, I feel like 
you're not supposed to get mad because someone says wrestling fake, but it bothers me when you say it's fake. Right. Because, like, we're not there. You're not living it. You're not doing what we're doing. And, of course, they're going to say, well, if it's that fucking bad, then why do you do it? Passion. Passion. And love for professional wrestling. Yeah. So, I mean, so just, just for the love of God, people, just stop saying it's fake. You can tell me, hey, is that predetermined? Sure. 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 If that's what you want me to tell you. But I'm not going to tell you it's fake. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, getting, getting pulled over in full-blown paint and stuff. Um, Brawler Morrison, my wife, and I took a road trip to MPX not that long ago. Got pulled over on the way back. And the dude, like, straight up asked me. He did not ask if it was fake. He asked how much was scripted. Yeah. And, uh, and I told him, I was like, you know what? The paint that I put on myself, that's pretty scripted. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? Um, quite a bit is scripted. However, they're definitely uh, going off script a lot, too. Yeah. Um, because if you don't add your little improv moments, what makes that moment, you know, a moment? Yeah. It's just you fucking reading words at that point. Yeah. As you get on that, we're talking scripted. You could... You could say wrestling scripted, tell someone this is what you want of a match, and it could still be exactly what you wanted, but not what you wanted. Exactly. Because, A, they didn't take time to sell the move. Mm-hmm. B, they didn't take time to sell their facial expressions. Yep. So, like, and that's a big part of it. That's the believable part. Right. So, I mean... It goes back to gimmicks. It goes back to wrestlers and and what you're going to be good at or what you're going to do. But it always goes back to how your gimmick portrays um, selling that move. Right. How your gimmick portrays on your facial expressions or your crowd response or any of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I don't think enough people uh, quite get that uh, because you know they'll they'll fucking they'll go home and they'll watch a, a New Japan something and uh, they'll they'll go to the show that they're booked on that weekend and be like oh I saw this and this and this I hate that shit and and they'll just do that same fucking spot in the match with no emotion in with it. no emotion um, man. I loved watching Will Ospreay and Ricochet work together because while, yeah, they, they no-sold a lot of shit, when it came time to sell the big explosion, they fucking sold it. Um, may not have been like any other crazy emotion, but they fucking sold the moves that were happening. Yeah. And, and that's something that people aren't getting, is that there was selling. Uh-huh. You can't fucking hit six Canadian destroyers and get up at a four count. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys got dropped in your fucking heads you know, several it's, times. It's like, it's like uh, when, I, when I worked Chavo, and I asked, uh, I went after the match, I asked him, I said, hey, man, do you have any advice for me? He goes, I'm going to be honest with you, dude, I, I don't. He goes, you did everything that was needed to be done in that match. For example, you gave me time to sell the move while I was selling you're wasting your time over here. Right. Uh, the only thing that MVP had told me was never turn your back on your opponent. Ever. Ever. Never. Never, 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 never turn your back on your opponent. You can still celebrate, taunt, and do all that, but they need to be in your peripheral. Yep. They need to be, you need to be able to seal. And, and that's the advice he gave me during me and Mr. Nasty match. I was like, cool. And then Chavo was like, man, nothing. He goes, he has you. You have what is a lost cause in pro wrestling. It's a lost art form. Yep. It's storytelling, and that's what we went out there and did. And then, you know, you talked about things about being believable. Chavo, he made my eye break so fucking believable, dude. Like, he, had, he was going out to the crowd, opening up his eyes. He's blowing my eye, blowing my eye out. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, to the fact that Eric, Eric Reese came up to me, and he said, Dude, I think something was in Chavo's eye. 
I was like, what do you mean? Him, man. He was like, he was like, man, he kept, he kept like, I was like, nah, brother, he was just selling his fucking eye, man. He's a fucking professional. He's like, man, that's shit that I can learn. It's things are you're going to learn. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, it went back. Cause, you know, I, I always wonder, like, why don't people pick my brain enough? Like, why ain't these new guys like, like, like? Honestly, Dimitri does. Yeah. Dimitri will set me down. He's like, hey, man. What do I do? How, how, how do I do this? You know, and Tommy Dean, he's another one. He'll, he'll fucking message me. He's like, man, help me. Help me, please. You know, so they see your knowledge. They see your value. They see your worth. And they want to, uh, they, they want to be able to use, use and, that to and, not only their advantage, but to show respect to you. Yeah. And I, I want to give more advice. And he's like, dude, I'm a, Booker, I'm a fucking owner of a, one of the top wrestling companies in Oklahoma. Yes, it's a charity company, but it's the top pro wrestling entertainment company in Oklahoma with yeah. world class. Um, but I could tell this guy something, right? For example, sell like this, do this, do that. Cool. Goes under deaf ears. Trevor Murdoch could come in say the exact same thing the exact same way oh fuck no one's ever said that <laughs> you motherfuckers and it happened that, that, that's, a, that's a shoot that's that actually hilarious. fucking happened and uh, oh my god dude it was just it was just one of those things I was like what the fuck man that's wow. so but I mean I mean but I don't let it bother me man I don't let it bother me I I I, I keep on trucking because eventually these guys will come around. Um, so. And I'm proud of, and don't get me wrong, I'm proud of these guys because what these guys did at the Ryder Cup, I'm proud of. Sure, we had a few mishaps from what I understand, but it's things that I will address on July 13th right. at WFC. So, I mean, uh, I, that, that, that's, that's, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is when this fucking pain on the goddamn shoulder is going to go away, Wes. <laughs> Man. Oh my god, it fucking hurts, bro. Man, um, you know, I, I know I, I mentioned it earlier uh, today to you, uh, like right after, like we found out what it was. Yeah. But um, you know, I'm I'm starting to think that that may have been what happened to me when uh, when Nasty threw me in on my shoulder. Um, you know, I broke my foot wrestling Nasty. Look at, see how that working out. We have more in common than you think, Wesley Green. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh shit yeah I think that like Tommy Dean God knows I couldn't stand Tommy Dean oh I, I was the same guy I was the same way I couldn't do it I couldn't do it but like he really opened up like opened up to me and and what really opened me up to him as a wrestler Tommy Dean Alex Royal anniversary show yeah that's what opened me up to a wrestler I think that uh, all the work he's done with Alex whether it be um, at the anniversary show or whether it be at BPW um, every time Tommy gets in the ring with Alex he gets a little bit better mm -hmm. every time yeah. um, now I'm not sure where the fuck uh, his promo skills are coming from I don't know if he's talking to himself in the mirror or what? I mean, that's how I got good at promos. You just fucking do it in the mirror, dude. Tell you, do it. Fucking just. And that's how my trainers told me to do it. They were like, you know, practice in front of the mirror, uh, hold a brush as a microphone, like do whatever you got to do to just film talk. yourself yeah. over and over and over and over. Because once you like, and, and honestly, when I would get scripted promos, hey, we need you to script out a promo. I need, I need you to do a scripted promo. And I've probably maybe wrote three promos in my entire life for myself. Right. Because uh, most of the time, I guarantee 1%, when I go out there, I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to say. Now I do have some bullet points. Yeah. And 90% of the time, I miss the bullet points. Uh, <laughs> so, but, like, I've, I've uh, wrote out a few, but I recorded them. So I can listen to them over and over yeah. and over. And, and I learned that through music. That's how I learned my lyrics was listen to the song over and over and over until you can't fucking stand yourself no more. Absolutely. Uh, and then you, you, you get it and then you get to portray it in front of a live crowd. You're not going to portray it the way you filmed it because 
Now you got a crowd in front of you, the adrenaline's running. Now you're gonna gotta figure out how am I gonna do my facial expressions? What am I gonna do with my hands? Uh, you know. <laughs> and so get this: um, every time you see me post a promo um, online or you know whatever, um, it's always fucking just like it, it gives you that horror vibe. There's like maybe a glitch here and there if I cuss at, on a non-cussing show. Um, there's there's character behind the video itself, not just what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, very rarely, if ever, do you see a Wesley Crane promo live, like somebody's interviewing me. Yeah. You never see um, a promo during a live show, and part of the reason. Um, um, was you not at night one when Dustin McGowan pulled you out of the broom closet to interview you? Yes. And so this is actually <laughs> no, where yeah, that, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is where that comes from because um, I went, you know, like right after I shot that, I went right to Dimitri and uh, and he's like, Did you just like cut a promo on camera? And I said, Yeah. And I hate it. I hate cutting promos in front of a crowd because my character almost needs that the 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 I agree. I agree with you on that one. I see what you're saying. Uh, me, I prefer, I prefer live promos over vignettes. Um, but I also love doing vignettes. Right. Um, but your character is similar, similar to the Joker in a way. Like, I'm not saying biting off the Joker. I'm saying like the way you talk and your mannerisms when you speak. You know, yeah. and uh, it's it's what we call basically an accent. Yes. And. Wes doesn't have that accent, you know, so, like, when you're calling your spots, you know, it's not, drop boy, take down, you know, what the fuck is that voice? Type of shit, so, um, so, uh, because your voice, you sound just like the Joker off Gotham, (laughs) just like him, and I I love it, um, so, I mean, I, I, I get that with your character, your character definitely is a vignette type person, right? And that, that's good. That's good, actually. I mean, uh, we have a screen and we can utilize that. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, and that's why we have the screen. So we can fucking utilize shit like that. So, yeah. um, However, I, I feel like we did what we could. With what um, we had. With what we had. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it was like, it was not a very long process coming up with this. You, you came to me. You were like, I need you to cut this promo. These are the bullet points. Yeah, because the run sheet just said Wesley Crane vignette. Right. And then you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and you, you gave me the bullet points you wanted me to hit. Mm-hmm. And you wanted me to come out of the broom closet. Yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, what the fuck am I doing in a broom closet? Oh, okay. Well, all right. I've got somebody tied up. You know, heads back. Exactly. And, and that's why I wanted you the creativity could come from. Oh, why is Wesley Crane in a broom closet? I don't know. Why isn't Wesley Crane in a broom closet? Right. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was better than um, Dustin Walker. Wesley Crane. What's your thought on Gemini, Gemini tonight? Right. You know, I wanted something. I knew if, if I said, hey, you put him in a broom closet, he's going to be innovative. Be, be very innovative with it. Now, I said the same thing with Malico. Is, is oh, when, we, when we was in uh, Canadian, uh, there was a janitor's closet underneath the stairs. Yeah. And I brought him over. I said, listen, that's where you do your promo at, promo at tonight. He goes, okay, cool. Uh, I'll, I'll get with you in a few. And it, it was just fucking genius. That's why, because like, like, I give you the direction. I want you guys to be the creative yeah. guy, guy behind it. I don't want to be, that was all me. Right. Now, that was all Wesley. I just gave him point pointers you on him, what you. to do and, and and who to utilize. And we were actually looking for somebody else, and we went with someone else. So it, right. it worked out, in my opinion. Right. So, and, like, it's almost like you give them the wheels, but they need to make the car fucking move. Mm-hmm. But some people, I have to literally step by step and say, hey, their hand with it. This is what we got to do. You and Alex aren't one of them. Alex, I never have to. And sometimes I have to tell Alex that his promos are too long. Uh, You know, kind of like his fucking matches. No, no. Sometimes I have to tell him, like, his vignettes are a little too long because he has so much he wants to say. Yeah. And he can break that into three promos. Oh, for sure. So, uh, uh, but, but, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I want to know... Who are you a fan of in Oklahoma? Like, what what guys? Like, fuck, I gotta watch them. And don't don't give me 
Don't give me John Cross, Luke no, Langley. No, no, no. Um, so, guys in Oklahoma was like, man, I gotta fucking watch him. Malico is definitely one. While he does work more in Texas and surrounding yeah. areas, dude lives in Oklahoma. Yeah, Durant. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty fucking close. Malico and Fuego. Okay. Both. Because Malico is so fucking innovative with everything he does um, that it's a new thing every time. Um, and with Fuego, God. If you can keep up with Fuego, then kudos to you. But Jesus. Like, he's everywhere. And it all makes sense. Who would you say is under underrated in Oklahoma? Underrated? Man, that, that's, that's a little harder. Um, and maybe it's just because I feel like I hold people to a, to a much higher standard than they hold themselves to, which is terrible. But um, as much as I have, as much as I have a few negative personal feelings toward this person, I feel like. Jerry Dean uh-huh. has uh, has done like we had a match in UWE. He, we've worked each other twice. Once was in a gauntlet at UWE. The other was a full blown singles match because after the gauntlet, I said I told Brad I need more time with him. Yeah, yeah. And he said okay. Um. And so he gave me the singles match. He did great in the gauntlet match. Mm-hmm. And then. Singles match happens, and he—I think he forgot one spot. Um, it happens. Right, like that's something that happens to everyone. Yeah. Um, funny thing is, is that the finish was supposed to be a boot in the corner, and uh, and he feeds out for the Goblin Driver. Lo and behold, I gave him the boot in the corner, and it fucking killed him. He's like, I can't get up. And so we just kind of the three then, and the crowd was fucking into it. Yeah. So that's funny, but Jerry Dean ha—I don't think has gotten. Uh, an opportunity with someone that can go aside from that one match he's had with yeah. me. Me? My thing about Jerry Dean is um, who the fuck is Jerry Dean? Right. Um, no right. gear. Again. I, and I get tired of the excuses is I can't afford gear. Well, you can't get the fuck out of wrestling right now. Figure out how to sew, motherfucker. Or learn how to sew or get the fuck out of the wrestling right now. Yeah. I mean, Big Daddy Yum Yum makes all his own fucking gear. Exactly. Uh, Double D and Erica, they make their gear, you know, Martin, so I mean. Dacus in Texas makes his, and oh, he like, uh, he has some, like, his mask is awesome. I fucking love his mask. But the point is, like, you need to look the part if you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody took Tommy Dean serious, so Tommy Dean busted out the trunks. Right. Now, with those with those trunks, he definitely had help, which... Sure, sure, but that's fine. And Jerry Dean could get that help if he put... If he showed that he fucking wanted it. Yeah, and, and here lately he has, but you know, again, I get hit with the excuses of, oh, my ride was late, yeah. or, dude, there's fucking a roster full of people mend whatever fucking problem you have with your brother and hop in a fucking car with your brother yes and go get get your shit together and become a fucking professional wrestler uh so i mean but that that that, that's that i mean i I like jerry i'm willing to give the guy another shot another shot at wfc and and he messaged me and he told me hey he goes look you know i want to start from the bottom i want to come in i want to help you set up tear down work security whatever you need me to do And, and i know he can work i know he can move good but I also know that he he can save fucking twenty dollars a week. Yeah, and, and for the and, next uh, couple months and have a badass gear, or right. he can also reach out and say, "Man, I need a fucking gimmick. Yeah, I need something. Absolutely. Will you please help me? You know, uh, the playing guys did that. Durden did it. Yeah, Durden yeah. reached out, and, I, and me and Durden, I said, "You need to change your name." No longer are you able. You need to be Matt something. And like he threw me name after name, after, and finally it was Durden that stuck. And I was like, man, I want. 
and then we started discussing on what he, I, I was like, I love the whole top hat and everything. So I think you need to be like a ringleader. Yeah. In a carnival, you know, type of game. He goes, I've, I've always wanted to do stuff like that. We just started pitching ideas, and honestly, and boom, Pandemonium Sideshow was born, you know? So, Man, so it's like. Like, starting off, like, Matt kidnapping the sharks and doing all that stuff. Oh, like, fucking gold, man. So fucking good, That dude. was so awesome. I loved not only filming every, every scene for that. I loved doing all the little camera tricks. Um, kidnapping, you know, the, the sharks was hilarious when we pulled the teeth out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, it, it was little things like it that. It was th- funny how we created the teeth, too. Oh, my God. You know, so, like, like that was just cool. But those are the things that we were doing at the warehouse, yeah. at the at the building. We were able to, like, Stevie had created that fucking rolling fucking rig with a skateboard and shit. Yeah. That was so fucking cool, man. And, like, oh, man, it just, it just bothers me that we don't have the time to do that anymore because we don't have the spot to do it, you know? No, we we, 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 we always have the time. Yeah, it's, okay, we have, okay, okay, you're right. Finding those that will dedicate, mm-hmm. you know, that will actually fucking show up and help. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, Stevie just, like, he built that with a skateboard. Yeah, skateboard and wood. Yeah, so if, if you have a vision, if you, you know, I, I hate that excuse like, uh, you know, I don't have the money for this or da-da-da-da-da. And sometimes, yeah, life gets in the way. But if you want it bad enough, you'll figure out how to fucking get it. You know what? I don't have the money for bills every fucking month, but I still pay them. Yes. I go to work. Yeah, man. Work fucking 40 to 60 hours a week. And provide for your fucking family. I provide for my family. Yeah. And I fucking buy what I want. Exactly. Yep. As long as you can keep yourself... pay my bills. Yeah. Keep yourself happy. Bills first. Then buy what you want. Keep yourself happy. Keep yourself afloat. Make sure that you're taking mm-hmm. care of business. Mm-hmm. And I'm still wearing my fucking singlet. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm. Yeah, I'm still in my trunks. Um, I just put my pants on over. Um, but like, man, point is, if you want something bad enough, you'll figure out a way to get it, um, one way or another. Whether it's you learned how to sew and you made your own fucking gear, or or reach out. You reached out reach out people because you know the thing about that is a lot of people have extra gear yeah that they're just waiting for someone to reach out so they yes. can give it to them you know uh, I did it with Tommy Dean I gave him a blue singlet mm-hmm. and the next thing you know he had fucking drunk so that's cool yeah you know so um, but hey you know I'm almost to my house uh, I'm glad we were able to podcast man and uh, my fucking pain's getting worse so I'm going in and I'm going to smoke me a shit ton of fucking weed Take away this pain because I tell you what, that blunt we smoked took away my pain. Good, it took away my pain, so it did what it was supposed to do. But I appreciate you coming on, and I'm definitely gonna pod with you again, man. I know I'm gonna come on to yours and all that. In case you didn't know, Wesley Crane now has a podcast, you'll be seeing it coming out real soon. And his first guest is fucking awesome. Um, but uh. I, I want I want to bring you back on and I mean I, I love just shooting the shit with you because because this has actually been one of my favorite podcasts because we were able to sit there and actually record just our conversation that we're having in a vehicle right now for sure so um, this has been my guest Wesley Crane you can check him out all over Oklahoma Texas and anywhere on the internet you have officially been on the road with Tim Rockwell and has chilling with. The villain. Thanks, guys.